0: Hello, you wonderful lot. How the devil are you? Um, This is a solo episode. Um, No guests, just Kai. Um, And the reason is, is because this, when this goes live, you guys will be um, knee deep in summer holidays. Now, some of you will um, just be feeling as fresh as a daisy because you're sort of only a few days in and others will be a few weeks in. Um, But the reason why I am wanting to sort of um, come to you today is Basically, I am seeing so many parents who are struggling, who are worried, who are sort of thinking, oh, my gosh, my kids have been, you know, sort of social isolating or social distancing and self-isolating for so, so long that um, I think the wheels are going to come off and they just want their freedom and they just want to do everything and they just want to go out to parties and blah, 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 blah. Um, And it's scary for parents who don't know how to set boundaries, who don't quite know what to expect. Um, and are worried that um, their kids are p- potentially, well, Some the thing is, is some are going to go off the rails, some are not wanting to go out at all. Um, it's, a, it's a really, really mixed bag. And I think the reason is because over the last 18 months, there has been so much uncertainty um, education-wise, you know, kids... We're expecting to take some exams as we knew them historically, A levels and GCSEs and all that, and and they've changed, and 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 the whole uh, the whole format of education um has been sort of rocked a tiny bit, um and so our kids have had uncertainty on that score. They've had disappointment. They've missed out on proms and and graduations, and you know sort of um. You know, a lot of what the school life brings—it—it's it, sort of been in a sort of very different format, and for that, it's really hard for some kids to navigate all this. It's really hard for them to, you know, some might be missing their friends, some might be sort of, you know, actually rather concerned about going back to um, real life, should I say it? But it's been a time of huge change. Um and if you know me by now, you'll know that my approach to parenting is very child-centred. So I am wanting parents to maybe just take stop for a while and just see the last 18 months from their kids' point of view and how there might be the uncertainty, there might be the apprehension um that, that of, of how the sort of summer holidays are going to unfold. We don't know. Some kids are so, so excited and feel that they're entitled to this freedom. And actually, I don't blame blame them. I agree with them. But we need to let our kids let their hair down in a way that is safe and a way that is, um, you know, sort of is, is OK and acceptable. But our kids have had lost time. They have had they've got so much to catch up on. Um, and it's important that we support them in that, um, and I'm encouraging parents to maybe just be slightly more relaxed about your the way your child is, um, you know, sort of going going to navigate the summer. I I was listening. I was in the hairdressers the other day, and I was listening to two two mums sort of talking. And in Northern Ireland, we have um, the NVQ, which is a newer version of the 11 plus, and um, one mum sort of said, right, we're doing papers every single day and um, that's the way we're going to get through it because they've missed out on so much education and I get it. I can so understand, um, you know, sort of what she's saying because she's, you know what it's like if your child, you know, at a young age sort of goes to school and has you know, the sort of full term and then forgets, especially the little ones, they sort of, you know, that you haven't practiced their reading or their writing. It's a bit like going back to square one. And I think many parents are worried about that. And well, we've missed so much of the education. I'm going to make sure that they do work every single day. Fine. Good luck with that. Um, I just feel, I just feel our kids need space. Our kids need to reset. We all do, but our kids need to recharge the batteries. And I think um, by being strict and trying to catch up with their lost education, it's not a parent's responsibility, unless, of course, the school have offered, you know, um, support on that and suggested ways for your child to maybe catch up. but. When we go through trauma, let's, let's use an example of when, when we sort of have an operation. You know, let's say, I don't know, someone's had knee surgery. Um, the knee, once operated on, fingers crossed, um, will be in full working order again. But we don't suddenly then say, right, OK, um, I want you to go and sort of do a hundred meter sprint. We... Are told right? Will you? Yes, you will be doing physio, but for the next, for the foreseeable future, for the next sort of three to six weeks, I want you to rest, and I want you to recharge, and I want you to allow because you've just had, let's call it surgical trauma. I want you to allow the inflammation to go down, and I just want your body to readjust. And this is what we need to do with our kids. They have been through so much uncertainty. So many changes, so much disappointment um, that we've had. Potentially, you know, you've had the kids that are moving from primary to to secondary school. They will have had their lasts, their last assembly, their last whatever, you know, and and that's quite an emotional time. Come on, parents know that. That's emotional. I mean, you know, I remember sobbing when my kids I remember sobbing when my kids left nursery to go to P1. So, you know, it's it's all these milestones. But. I think it's important for us to realize that actually we do need to rest and repair and recharge. So I would encourage you maybe just give your child time to readjust. Give your child time to process what has been going on because it has been, you know, some kids will have taken this in their stride, but other kids will be feeling quite traumatized or, you know, sort of absolutely thrilled that all they're allowed to do is collapse in heaps. So if we are trying to sort of tell them, oh well hang on a minute, no, I'm going to sort of make you do sort of schoolwork, you know, every single day. It's it's gonna be a big ask. Um and I was speaking to one mum uh today and I sort of said, right, okay, well what do you want to get out of this call? And she sort of said, Oh well my my sort of kids are driving me mad already. And I want to work out how to set boundaries and um, you know, I need to sort of learn out sort of how to set the rules out. And I said, well, well hang on a minute. Um, your kids and you are barely communicating at the minute. So who's who's to think that boundaries and rules are going to work? Because, you know, in my experience, um, boundaries and rules and 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 you know, sort of uh, the, the the framework that she was wanting to work from only really comes from collaboration with the kids and i'm not saying we have to kowtow to them and i'm not saying that we have to um you know sort of uh, um be sort of held hostage to our kids whims and and wishes but what i am saying is when our kids buy into an idea they are more likely to see it through so it was we were just looking at the flashpoints and we were just sort of trying to work out you know what what are the bones of contention here and I, uh, you know, I've sort of, we worked out that, well, first of all, one of them was sleep, because she sort of said, well, I'm not going to have my kids sleeping in till all hours. Um, You know, they still have to get up and be productive, right? Okay, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and I'm certainly not having them sitting on their devices the whole time. That's just absolutely ridiculous. There's, you know they've been doing that long enough, and they, uh, they've got to, they've got to do this. They've got to do that. And okay, so we'll talk about that. And then the third one was their friends. Oh well, I mean that's going to cause absolute chaos because I don't like some of their friends, or they'll lead them astray, or whatever it is. So I say okay, well yes, we will discuss all of that. Oh yeah, and another one, bedroom. The bedroom is a massive bone of contention, and for many parents it's well, now that they're not at school, I'm going to make sure they do X, y, and Z with their bedroom and blah 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 and I think the thing is is what we have to remember, as I said it, it, you know earlier is let's just take our foot off the gas for a minute, let us give ourselves and our kids the space and the time to adjust the space to realize, do you know what I don't have to get up for zoom calls or, or get into, in, in into school at a certain time i mean you know what it's like you, you you may or may not be able to go on holiday many of us are doing staycations many of us are feeling and and this is sort of part of the problem many of us in past summers gone by have been distracted by that sort of two-week holiday and sort of thinking oh thank gosh we go to you know disappearing off to costa del sol or wherever it is and um that sort of that that distraction from a summer holiday seems to um, take, take the heat out of maybe a, a slightly broken relationship in the family. Um, and so for many, pe- many parents, there is not that, um, that sort of two-week holiday away, um, uh, myself included. And I think the thing is it makes that summer, it's going to make people's summer feel a hell of a lot longer so, I think it's important, okay, well, if you're doing this, and if you are not going away, and if you don't have that distraction, and yes, your kids are are going to be at home all the time, and uh, maybe you are, maybe you're not you know, it just depends what childcare's is like, depends what age they are, depends whether or not you're working, but all of this is being thrown into the mix, and I think the thing is what we have to realize is I'll tell you what, let's just set our ex let's set our stall out and our expectations. For how we see the, fu- the, 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 the future, the, the sort of summer holidays going. Um, and I know many parents are sort of going, well, this has got to be done and this has got to be done. But I, I, again, experience tells me if you set your sights slightly lower, then there is less cause for conflict and confrontra- confrontation sort of further down the line. So let's just talk about sleep. Mm. Your child. Is basically working on an energy debt. Come on, we all are. Look at look at the last um, eighteen months that we've had, and by energy debt, what I mean is is that their energy levels are sort of virtually empty. They're really really low, and it's it's a bit like it's a bit like when you are let's let's sort of think how you maintain a house if you are if you've worked out okay that my house takes a little for argument's sake i don't know 100 quid to run a day there's the electricity and there's the broadband and there's the water rates and all these sort of things the rates and the mortgage and 100 pounds a day mm, doesn't really cut it does it but let's just sort of say that, okay, you've worked out that your your house takes £100 a hundred pounds today a day plus the food and the petrol blah 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 blah, you know what I'm talking about, but you've decided for want of a better you know for, for, for whatever reason, you are only able to contribute, let's say eighty pounds. Um, what starts happening is you know it's it's fine for the time being um, you know it's things don't sort of really start changing, but the more you go into um, the more you don't pay into the bank or of the, the house bills, the more you are going to start seeing problems. And maybe you suddenly sort of realize, oh, flip, a slate needs changed or the fridge is bare or oh, blimey, this this house needs a coat of paint now. And and the less you invest, the less money you invest in the house, the more the bills are going to and or the more maintenance is going to be required. And if you don't repay that debt to your house account, then problems are going to happen. Well, this is the same as our energy tanks. And so, if we are drawing from our energy tanks the whole time, we are soon going to be not just in energy deficit on a daily basis, as we have done, you know, throughout the school terms. Um, throughout the last year, let's be truthful, that the less we sort of pay back into the energy banks, the more from deficit we go into debt. And so now many of us, your kids included, are going to be in energy debt. Now, what you could be doing is going, well, it's all right now. It's all right because my kids are no longer at school and they're fine. And so, okay, that's fine. You're no longer in energy deficit, but you still have that debt that needs repaid. And for that... I am suggesting that you allow your kids to sleep in. You allow your kids the space to we don't have to do a, you know, sort of half an hour sort of um of each subject every day. It's 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 not necessary. And to be honest, it's going to be detrimental to your sort of child's welfare. So I would sort of say just take your foot off the pedal a bit like having your two-week holiday where you do absolutely nothing or all you do is jump into the pool or go sightseeing let's do things and we'll talk about what sort of things we can do but let's start doing things that are good for your child's energy banks and I'll tell you what when you pay pay into their, their energy banks it's going to help you in the long run as well so you're, the. the, the fastest and easiest way of doing this is sleep your kids need sleep teenagers need nine to ten hours sleep in a normal in normal situations a night so if they're in energy debt they need more so when they're sleeping in no it's not because they're a lazy layabout no it's not because you know they're, they're being unproductive they are actually taking care of themselves and they are recharging those energy banks, which is crucial for physical, mental, and emotional health. So when your kids are sleeping in, it is biology. It is allowed. And I would say that there is no need. I do remember, I remember when um, I was, gosh, when I was on holiday um, with my boyfriend, now husband, his mum used to come and wake us up at eight o'clock in the morning. Well, not too sure why, um, and I think it was basically well, my house, my rules. And I think it was also a bit of well, if you're if I'm up, you're up too. Um, fine, um, it's not the way I operate. My view is what is the best for my child's mental health. What is the best for my child's physical health? And actually, come on, what's best for my sanity? And you know, if you're getting your kids up at eight o'clock, then. You've got a lot more hours in the day to try and keep them occupied, age dependent. You've got a lot more hours into the day to try and firefight from, oh, no, they're not allowed on devices because I say so. They're not allowed to do this because I say so. They've got to do this because I say so. So I would say manage your expectations. I'm not saying they have to sleep in till three in the afternoon, though, if they need it, do not deny it. You know, maybe... Maybe get them up a, a little bit, sort of obviously later than normal. But if they need a nap, please, it's just it's it is so important for their health. Go and Google sleep. Arianna Huffington um, talks about it hugely. There are people that are sleep gurus. They know, but sleep is so vitally important. It is biology. It is our. It is the attempt for um, the body to heal itself and. So try and remember that your child is likely to be in energy debt and they need to repay their de- that debt and sleep is the best way of doing that. Okay, another bone of contention is those pesky devices. Whether or not we're talking about gaming, whether or not we're talking about phones, iPads, you name it. Um, it's, it's different from when we were young, isn't it? Um, I mean, I remember the summer holidays I used to nick 20p from my mum's purse and I used to live on Twixes, and I used to cycle around the neighbourhood and go and visit friends and we used to have, you know, it was very different. Um, and I think we still hanker after that, but what we have to remember is devices are here to stay, technology is here to stay, the internet is here to stay, and we need to make it our friend rather than our foe. So I I think... Don't use devices as a form of punishment. Now, I, I there are um, there's another episode where I'm talking about sort of punishment versus discipline. I think when we start reaching for punishments, it builds resentment and it proves that we have lost control and we can't think of any other way to deal with the situation. Um, so, with devices, I would say, yeah, um, it's part of your child's life. Imagine if I said to you. Right, well, you can't use your phone for the next week. You know, some of you be fine. Yeah, that's okay. Other people will go, well, you can't do that. That's that's. This is how I work. Or you can't do that, you know. But it's sort of, if you think about it, we're asking the same thing. Imagine if I said, well, you can't drive your car for three days. You know, it, we have to remember that our, my, me and my, my car are, are sort of, well, latterly so, joined at the hip. We, I mean, when it was in lockdown, I... I think probably a tank of petrol lasted me months, but you know, or how about your diary no you can't you can't consult your diary for the next two sort or of three days. It, think of something that you rely on and remember that your child relies on their device, be it their smartphone, be it their, whatever it is. they rely on that it is it is their window to the world, and it is the way they communicate so trying to punish your child through their misdoings of of, of removing technology is. It's likely to cause a lot more problems. What I would say is open up the conversation and say, OK, right, well, I as long as you have balance, I would like you to maybe, you know, what and ask them, what, what else could you do other than your devices? Maybe they'll say, oh, well, I want to see my friends more or maybe they'll say I want to do some cooking or I want to do some reading or I want to join sports camp or whatever it is and help with conversation with you and your child, how you can manage both of your expectations. Now, to be truthful, many kids are, as, as I'm feeling, are totally teched out and they might go, oh, no, no, that's absolutely fine. That's a really good excuse. You know, the, I, I'm seeing more, more and more kids actually leaving Instagram or monitoring their own usage, if nothing else. So, I don't think we need to look at tech as being the enemy. We just need to look at it as how can it best serve us and and rather than it being your child's master. So it's a matter of how do you manage those expectations and how do you find suitable alternatives? You know, how do you find the balance? Yes, maybe... One hour a day, you know, depends on the household. Maybe one hour a day of tech is enough for a certain child. Maybe they need more, but let's break it up. Let's do sort of, you know, 30 minutes on and 30 minutes off or whatever. I'm not telling you how to do things, but I am telling you, suggesting that how you manage these expectations and by discussing these with these expectations, your expectations and your child's expectations together together. You are likely to reach a compromise quicker. So let's just think about it now. What would be the alternatives? What could you think of that would suit your child better? Um, because I think the thing is, is what we have to realise is it's all very well saying, well, you can't use your phone. So, well, what, what, you know, it, it would help you if you had a plan B. If you were able to give them alternatives. And it could be board games. It could be movie nights. It could be making mocktails. It could be getting them into a good book. It could be tie dyeing a T-shirt, for goodness sake. You know, there are, the, the list is endless. Um, inviting friends around, camping out for the night, um, you know, sort of going camping with them. I don't know. Um, encouraging them with arts and crafts or cookery or picnics or whatever it is, um, maybe, I mean, I, I remember when, when my kids were young, um, you know, sort of I sort of said, right, OK, I mean, you can have themed days, you could have a cookery day, you could have an arts and crafts day, you could have a technology day where they do vlogs or where they do video diaries or where they do, I don't know, you know, photo um, sort of, um, you know, photo vlogging. Um, they could create an e-zine. They could do you know, all these things. They could l- teach themselves how to make, do a podcast. It's with, And hence, that's why I'm saying that the technology doesn't always have to be the enemy. You could go to museums. I said, as I was just about to say, I took my kids and sort of did that right. We are going to treat, because I live in Belfast, I said, we are going to treat Northern Ireland like a tourist. And it was, oh, God, Mum, that's so lame. Um, and we did. And we saw places that we never thought, you know, didn't even realize were on our doorstep. And, and we sort of went and did sort of things that we never would normally have done. And um, it it just it's just feeding that creativity for your kids. So remember that if you're going to snatch away one with one hand, it is always wise to provide with the other and give them sort of food for thought. Teach them how to journal, teach them how to Learn to meditate, um, you know, because the, the, there's, there's a great, you know, there's a great thought that um, if you think of your mind as three, four rooms, um, it's got the emotional room, the spiritual room, the physical room and the mental room. And we need to visit each one of those rooms on a daily basis. So, you know, so as far as um, let's say sort of physicality is concerned, you know, I'm not sort of saying that they have to go to the gym every day, but get your kids to run around and let off steam, get them to maybe do a bit of yoga, get them to do an obstacle course, get them to go and play football in the park with their mates or tennis or whatever it is. But not only that, get them men- mentally stimulated. So maybe, yes, create a blog. Maybe, yes, um, you know, sort of, to just read a book or, or, you know, just trying to get each of these rooms addressed. It doesn't have to be sort of um, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be the same amount of time in each room each day, but it's at least visiting each of the rooms, emotional, spiritual, physical and mental. And that will Give rise to a much more balanced mind and and a, a better ability to cope with what's going on, um, you know. Be it um, sort of pressures at home, be it sort of um, peer pressure, whatever it is, it just gives them that ability to sort of think on their feet and that their ability to um, just handle what, what's going on at the minute. So, don't. Try not to ban devices, but allow them as long as there is a bit of balance going on throughout, maybe not each day, but throughout each week. How does that sound? So, friendships. Our kids have missed out so much. Um, our kids need social reaction, interaction. Not every child will be. Not every child will be really looking forward to this. I know many kids I have spoken to are slightly nervous about um, upping their sort of social um, interactions. It's a sort of, oh no, well, lockdown suited me okay, and I feel a bit awkward, or I don't know where to start, or I, I don't know how to sort of speak to sort of, you know, some of my mates because we've all been, you know, we've been separated for so long or do i even have the same things in common with these people and stuff like that so i get it and there is a degree of anticipation and i think we need to acknowledge that so if your child is slightly nervous is your if your child is sort of appearing slightly more introverted than normal don't sort of get too worked up about it don't start worrying too much about it but see if you can open that conversation up with them and go oh my gosh i get it because i think um when they realize that it's not just them i mean there are so many people that are sort of socially just on the back foot um and and it's just slightly you know sort of worried about sort of trying to string a coherent conversation together and so it's not just our kids that are worried but i think the thing is is maybe have um a couple of mates over maybe just sort of say come on let's just have a pizza night with two two or three mates or you know just invite one person over or why don't we go swimming in the sea with so-and-so i don't know whatever suits you but it's just rather than you don't necessarily have to throw your kids together with their friends maybe see if you can organize an activity which sort of gets them alongside one another but they don't actually have to sort of you know enter into huge conversations right here, right now. I mean, many kids are craving one-to-one contact. So you might be sort of sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, all they're doing is seeing their friends. Well, come on, they're, they're making up for lost time. I'm seeing so many teenagers just sort of, you know, getting up early and going, right, I'm away or not coming back until, you know, much later than normal because they are... They are wanting to be there with their friends. They they've they've been so bewildered and overwhelmed by the what, what lockdown had had so sort of created. It was a very false environment. And so our kids are, many of whom are wanting to re-establish that connection with their friends. And that's normal. This is kids. Especially teenagers are their tribe. Their 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 friendships are so vitally important. It's what defines them. To the extent that if you question them, they probably say, "Oh yeah, friends are way more important than family," and parents. If you hear that, do not be too perturbed. This is normal. They are looking to create strong friendships in their bid for independence. And that's totally okay doesn't mean they don't love you doesn't mean they aren't going to come back. it just means that they are trying to spread their wings and I think that's what we need to remember is our kids have had their wings clipped for so long and and eighteen months is a heck of a long time in the in that space of of their own lifetimes, so we need to create space for them. we need to be able to sort of watch them let their hair down so I'm not saying that they can sort of, you know, um, totally take their foot off the pedal, but maybe not having a summer educational work plan put into place on the first week of the summer holiday, not sitting there and going, right, what are your goals for the next sort of th- two months? I mean, it's not having targets, not having the education catch up, not having extra schoolwork. The sky isn't going to fall in. But I tell you what. Having your child fully recharged, fully rested, and raring to go for school again is probably a fairly good compromise. Um, yes, if they are going to have, you know, um, if they're coming straight back into schoolwork in September um, and exam times and those sort of pressures, don't let them totally negate it. But I would do, I would suggest to sort of say, do you know what? We're going if, to, especially if you're at home, we're going to treat the next couple of weeks as your sort of you know holiday away from home and then reintroduce very gently if you have to reintroduce the the work levels for half an hour every so often and just start start it's better to sort of you know it's better to sort of keep it ticking over gently rather than just bombard them with right okay, it's going to be a full day of you know biology or whatever today. It's hard and it's not fair. So as I have said, it's a matter of opening up those conversations with your child. Um, it's a matter of we're here to guide them. Um, you, if, you're, if you take on the role of mentor rather than manager, you are likely to get better results, especially with teenagers. So I don't know if you've heard me talk about um, this formula before, but it's E plus R equals O. And really what this means is how you respond to things, how you lead things, how you make sort of suggestions, how you guide your child will totally depend on the outcome. Now, E is the event, E plus R equals O, E is the event, which could be, oh my gosh, my child's sleeping in far too much or my child's doing this or my child won't go out or my child's going off the rails or they've got to do X, Y and Z or they're not doing their chores, whatever it is, E is that event. Now your response, the R, E plus R equals O, that R is your response and how you deal with things so, so determines the outcome. You can't make your child do anything really. You can't make other people do stuff. You can't change other people. You can have a damn good try. But how you respond to the event is going to dictate the outcome that you're looking for. So I would sort of suggest taking um, a fairly relaxed approach. As I said, how you manage, you know, managing your expectations is quite important. So Work out what you're hoping for. Work out what you want to achieve, and how are you going to get there? Now, let's use let's use the bedroom dun dun, dun as a big. This is a, a a big flashpoint for many families. Um, in that, and especially especially now, your kids are no longer at school, and you can say, well, they've got so much time on their hands. They really must. They've got. They've got to keep their room tidy. Can I ask why? Why? Does your child need to keep their room spick and span? Have a think about that. For whose benefit? And I know it'll be yours. Oh, well, you see, a tidy room is a tidy mind. It's a bit like a tidy desk is a tidy mind. That's fine. That they, they potentially aren't doing terribly much schoolwork at the minute. Um, your child's room is their sanctuary. Um, and I know because I was, I was guilty of it. Um, I used to go into their room and I used to tidy up because I said, oh, well, it shows them I love them. And uh, in fact, I I used to do it um, whenever I visited London. Uh, My kids are now twenty six and twenty eight, and I used to go to their flats and I used to tidy up and I used to oh well it'd be so much better if these coats were here and oh they really need a shoe rack so I'm going to get them that and they really need this and I'm going to change that around. That's that chair's facing the wrong direction. If only I could move that, then it'd make it so much better. And actually, and and they used to come in from work or wherever they were, and I could I I couldn't understand why they weren't waxing lyrical at how lovely it was to see a clean flat, and. Um, basically, in no uncertain terms, I was told, back off, move, move away, do not do this, do not interfere. And I was going, but it's so much nicer. says who? And I suddenly realized that I was impressing my expectations and my standards on my kids who were grown adults. But the, the bedroom is exactly the same. And I thought I was helping. I thought I was showing my love. I thought I was being nice. And actually it was interfering and it was causing conflict. And they were too bloody polite to just tell me to mum, just sod off and leave us alone. We don't need this. But they very diplomatically sort of made me realize that this was causing conflict by me. Trying to be nice was causing conflict. And I think the same is with the bedroom Um I, and I, I, funnily enough, I knew this about the bedroom. So why I was doing it in a flat, I've no absolutely no idea. I just sort of thought, oh, they're always so busy and they've got so much on, and I'll I'm going to make it nice for them. And I mean, bar doing the washing up and stocking the fridge, they did not want me to do any more than that. And it was a bit like me interfering and doing. You're, you've got it all wrong. You're doing it badly. Do it my way. And actually, I, I sort of soon understood that. But that is the same as the bedroom. And do you know what? If a towel is going to stay on the floor for two days and they go, God, I hate it, mum, when my, my you know, I'm just come out of the shower and my towel's wet, well hello. They can learn by hanging it up and putting it, you know, on the towel rail. It's going to dry. And, you know, rather than us spoon feeding our kids and, you know, it's the sort of mum, where the heck's my clean shirt and why is, why are my jeans dirty? Well, if you don't know how to look after your stuff, I'm not going to come in and sort it all out for you. And it is a matter of teaching our children self-sufficiency to, to an extent. It's the start, you know, the the their bedroom is their sanctuary. They do not want that. This is why they get cross when we go in and think we're sort of really helping. We are meddling. We are disrupting things. Some sometimes kids accuse us of, sort of sneaking around and you know sort of looking at stuff or, or invading their privacy. And so I think now one one rule I did say is right. Okay, I'm not going to do your laundry. And in fact, we can blimmin' well teach them how to do it themselves. The older they get, but. The magic laundry fairies are not going to get stuff done unless it's in the laundry basket. So I'm not going to go in and tidy your room and think I'm being very kind and then lifting everything off the floor and putting it in the laundry basket myself. You've got to blimmin' well do that yourself. And so it's teaching our kids you know, I, I, you are therefore, you've got to take care of your own stuff. What I did, I had one rule. And that was at the end of the day, I want all cups, all plates, all pizza boxes, sandwich wrappers, you name it, anything to do with sort of kitchen stuff to be downstairs and in the dishwasher. I, you know, but I don't care because otherwise, you know, we soon run out of pint glasses after about two days. It's ridiculous. So it is the do whatever you like, but that is my rule. And I will stay away. And what I say to parents is put emotional barbed wire around your child's door. If you have to walk past their door, shut it if you don't want to see what absolute mayhem and bedlam their room is. But it is their room. It is their sanctuary. And it actually, once once we as parents switch and realise, oh heck, okay, this has got nothing to do with me this is not my issue this is not my responsibility then the conflict levels go down and okay we'll still be well mum where's my shirt well darling it's still sitting there under the bed um but they will soon learn but what they also realize is we it's also um a degree of respect and it's also you know i mean i i i remember um you know sort of a uh, one mum sort of saying to me, she said, I can't stand it. My mother-in-law comes round and she starts, she literally, not quite, but nearly gets the hoover out because she doesn't like the way the place is looking. But I have seen her, you know, she goes round with a cloth and starts wiping up the breadcrumbs and things. I said, well, okay, but that's exactly what we're doing to our kids. And I think the thing is, ask them, keep the rest of the house tidy, but your room is your sanctuary. So it's your rules, your boundaries. So remember, put... The emotional barbed wire around around their bedroom door, and just just give yourself a break and give them a break by saying, "Right, this has got nothing to do with me." And see how that works out. See how they feel less as you know, sort of less antagonistic, less confrontational, because they can go to their room and it is their little yeah, their little safe haven. So have your expectations of what you want what you think is acceptable what works for you and open up these conversations with your kids totally respecting their views what's acceptable for them what you know what their expectations are it's a bit like if you're looking for a, you know you know that they've got a party coming up in 2 weeks and it's a sort of okay well let's just let's just talk about this now cuz discussing stuff in advance is so much better because emotions are regulated it's it, it, what, what we don't want is for sort of you know for you to get cross about oh you've been on your laptop for 5 hours you're driving me mad you're always so lazy you're always this you're always that or i told you to come in you know you you're going out to a party and i told you to sort of come in at, 11 o'clock and you're here at three or whatever you know it's it's working out what your expectations are what their expectations are and discuss them in advance so sit down and go you've got a let's say you've got a party going on in two weeks time what do you want from this where are you going where are you staying are you coming home or all, all I'm saying this as age dependent, they might go for a sleepover, they might you know, whatever it is. But what what is it an, an acceptable time for them to come home? What is, you know, depending on, on their age group. So some parents are dealing with students who have had a really, really long rain and now it's well, hang on a minute, they're coming back to my house. Well, I don't want them blind drunk and sort of, you know, waking the or the neighbours and crashing into the bins at three in the morning. So it is working out what is acceptable, what you and your kids agree upon. And then it's also working out with the what ifs. Well, what happens if, I don't know, you lose your keys? What happens if your phone dies? What happens if you need to get out of there quickly? What happens if you the there's no taxes? What happens if... I don't know, you suddenly find you haven't been invited to a party when you thought you had, or whatever it is, because this increases our kids' problem solving skills and it helps them realize, oh, okay, well, you know, let's work out what might be the best sort of approach or the best sort of behavior in certain situations. And then agree. Reach an agreement. Yes, it's okay to come back at 12:30 at night. Yes, it's okay to. Go on your, I don't know, your Xbox for two hours on a rainy day, but maybe sort of, you know, 30 minutes blocks on a sunny day. Or, yes, it's okay to have, you know, you can go to so and so's house, but certainly not so and so's house. Or, yes, it's okay for you to drive, but only with one person in the car. Or, do you know what I mean? And rather than hit the no, it's not, no, it's not, no, it's not, let's do the this is fine. This will work for me. And, and it's finding the positives and finding the positive behavior rather than you can't do, you can't do, you can't do. So talk to your kids and sort of work out with them what works for you and then what's, what works for them. And just every so often, you might need to remind them. They might not meet the curfew. They might sort of suddenly tell you that um, you know, I don't know, so-and-so's invited them out or whatever it is, but it's just speaking to your child, opening up the conversations, what is acceptable, what are the contingency plans, Here, find out what the what-ifs are, you know, what's the best course of action, what are the rules and the boundaries. And having established all this when emotions are OK and when everyone's feeling calm, then because it's it's when the emotions get riled and everyone starts getting cross with one another that it it all goes a bit wonky. So get a buy-in from your teenager, get a buy-in from your kids and sort of go, oh, okay, that... And if it's, uh, well, you were late last night, right, okay, well, you don't have to get up to do your sort of revision or, you know, reading or whatever it is that they need to do. Why don't you do that after lunch rather than before? And it's just... (laughs) As parents, we need to be flexible. As parents, we need to remember that the teenage brain is work in progress and the teenage brain changes, oh blimey, on a daily basis, I kid you not. And we need to be adaptable. We need to be flexible. We don't need to be a pushover, but we, we don't need to rule, rule our kids with a rod of iron either. So, acknowledging that this is work in progress, acknowledging that, you know, the goalposts will change and that, you know, we have to give our kids some slack. They've had a hard time. Give them space. Give them understanding. Because when they realize that you've got their back, when they realize that you're not permanently breathing down their neck, when they realize that you are there for them, then... You, I tell you what you're going to have a much calmer summer holiday um and yeah I, I i I get it, I know what it's like, but find out what course of action works for you best, and remember that each child is different, so one child might need to be spoken to one way, another child might need a bit of reassurance. One child might want a a looser rain and one child might might need sort of a bit of guidance. But it's just understanding the environment and understanding that actually this summer holiday, they don't always have to be hugely productive. They don't always have to abide by strict rules. This is an opportunity. And I know it has, you know, academically, it's been absolutely bonkers and and it has been so unpredictable. But our kids still need space. Don't forget, it's but it's a bit like that knee operation. We still need to rest and recharge, and then your child will be in a much better frame of mind to tackle whatever's going to happen come September. So I'm sending you much love. Any questions? Just get in contact. But um, have a wonderful summer, and um, just. Enjoy your kids' company, because I tell you what, we don't have many summers like this. Much love. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you find this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions then please give me a shout through my email which is toolbox at and i may even use your question as a future podcast episode if you want to connect please come and join me on instagram just search for kai graham also could you do me a favor please Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child and we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes and a good one, by the way, (laughs) because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them, too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.